Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 23rd, 2023. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioe Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy on a Monday. Tim Ma Bugging Gettys. You see that new jib move, Bless? Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. I don't think you did. That shit was hot. Shout out to Kev. We've been playing with the new uh, lens on the jib that now can actually like zoom in and refocus and stuff. And oh. it's, a, it's a sweet move, everybody. Oh, yeah. so you should check it out in the VOD if you missed it live. Dang, I'm going to have to rewind that. <laughs> Let's go. Tim, I'm with you on a rare Monday. Oh, yeah. Which means I can just talk to you about my weekend. Which is great, yeah. right? That's Which always one of the most fun things about a Monday at KFGD. How was your weekend? I did three things yes. that I think you're going to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Number one, I watched Polite Society. Fire. I told Great you. Movie. I Great told movie. You. Watching it, I was like, this is the most blessed thing. I was like, like, well, it's the fact that it, it, it has so much Scott Pilgrim energy to it and like the transitions and like the everything about it says Scott Pilgrim in a way that I'm like, this is fucking great. I have like, I have complaints about oh, where the story absolutely, goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, overall, it's a fun time. Yeah. It's a laid back time. But that was number one. I really enjoyed that. I appreciate the recommendation. Number two, I played a buttload of Super Mario Wonder. Yes, you did. That game is awesome. Yeah, it so is did I. Incredible. I am on World 6. Mm-hmm. I am like on my way to finishing it. I got all the special world stuff to do, but I am having a fantastic time. Number three, I watched Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> okay. For the <laughs> first the, time? For the first time ever. And when I tell you that I got into my feels watching oh, that movie, course. it's one that was recommended to me like I think months ago at this point by like everybody in the office saying that this is a blessing ass movie. That is a blessing ass movie. Yeah. And it was what? incredible. It's in the soundtrack. Oh my god! The score, dude. The score it's is unrivaled. Crazy. Yeah, so damn good. I'm I'm excited that you're playing through Mario. That everyone's playing through Mario. I'm now like going through doing the cleanup of trying to 100 it and get all the extra stuff. And it, mm-hmm. it's fun now going and turning on the the multiplayer stuff. And have you have you done that? No. So uh, you can set up multiplayer that the, as you're playing through levels, you're getting like live ghosts essentially of people that are playing those same levels live at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of fun to see where everyone's going and like some of the levels that like. Uh, I was like the search party levels where you're like trying to find like the five uh, yeah. golden coins or whatever. There was one that I just couldn't figure out where it was. Like I, I tried for probably an hour and I just couldn't get it. I'm like, where could it possibly be? And uh, I was just like watching someone and I saw where they went. I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah. and it was just such a cool moment. It reminded me of Journey a lot back in the day, but like just that one specific thing where I was like, wow, this is- I really a- like those levels. Yeah. And I've had They're the cool. same thing where I'm like, what I, the first search party level I went to, I thought I was doing something wrong. Like, I was like, oh, certainly I'm missing a power-up. Like, I'm supposed to have the bubble power-up or something so I can get the extra jump. And then I got to the second one, and I was like, oh, I can get everything. It's just a matter of, like, finding whatever hidden block. It's like a demented level of Mario design that I yeah. feel like Nintendo doesn't usually do for 2D Mario, and I appreciate it. I also get, like, the vibe of this is a 2D Mario game that is made by a Nintendo post-Mario maker in a way because, mm. like, a lot of levels are super creative. They do some of, like the fun rhythm stuff that you see in Mario Maker that like, you know, people kind of just popularized on yeah. their own. There are like some of those moments where I'm like, damn, like y'all are, this feels creative on another level from what we, what we typically get with 2D Mario. 
So I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, man, it's it's a great time. I can't wait to keep playing it. I it's I wish there was like a percentage counter or something because like I don't oh, yeah. actually know how close I am. I have to just go into the menus and like look through each level to, to see what I'm missing. But um, I must be at least of the main stuff like 85 plus percent done. When you say you're 100 percenting it, is that what the three coins? The seeds. All the seeds, all like three coins, the get the top of the flag for every level, including all the special world stuff. Yeah. That means you also need to find all the hidden exits to get to the special levels. Mm. Which I'm having trouble with. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I've only had one, actually. Yeah, same. Okay, so, so I'm not crazy. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I know there are more out there, but I swear to God, I'm like exploring the full like overall shit. I'm not finding anything. Yeah. But it's a good time. But I love it, man. I, I'm at this point where I'm like, there's no rush. So it's like, I just want to oh, enjoy yeah. it. Let it let it take my my life over. What's next on the horizon for you? I mean, well, Sonic. I'm still working my way through that. I've oh, got, yeah. I I'm having such a good time with it, but it's you cannot play Sonic and then play Mario back to back. Like <laughs> you can't. You need to dedicate your day. Today is a Mario day. You take a couple days off. Now it's a Sonic, Sonic day. day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> a nice little palate cleanser. How yeah. far are you in Sonic? Have you played much? Uh, not not too much more. I'm uh, maybe like like two and a half hours in fully. Uh, so I, I don't know, halfway through yeah. maybe, but yeah. Um, having a blast with it though. And then Spider-Man, just real quick, I just want to say, uh, now that the Dolby Atmos out, updates out, I had to check that out. It's incredible. It's so much fun. Swinging through Central Park and just hearing like the leaves of trees rustle around like in a 3D space above you is incredible. Hell yeah. Um, but I called uh, Gia down. I was like, hey, like, like just to show her the game because she had no idea what it even looked like. She was so blown away. <laughs> Like oh, yeah. she had no concept of what the Spider-Man game I was playing looked like. And she was just like, what the, like, how are you, you're playing that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, playing it. Video and then she lived in New York for like five years for college. So she was like, wait, 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 like how accurate is it? I'm like, it's not, but it's like, there's, it's surprisingly accurate in some ways. And then just totally not in others. I'm like, it's kind of like the Disneyland version of New York, but like, there's a lot of real shit there. And she's like, oh, try going to, and then she would like name specific like cross streets. Mm -hmm. And she named like six of them and like two of them were there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and she was like, this she was is like, go to my apartment. Yeah, like... pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like super cool. She's like, it would be that building. It looks different, but like it was just, she had so much fun with that. I had so much fun with that. Like that's just such a cool thing. And like, man, Insomniac. Woo! Hell yeah. They got the stuff. What a weekend for us. What a weekend. And also, what a news day, because today's yep. stories include Xbox throwing a partner showcase, Metal Gear Solid Collection reviews, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use our creator code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content is that a new earring it is yeah. i like it yeah I'm rocking like hoops the, now little, trying something the different there yeah trying something different i don't know if i'm feeling it yet like yeah it's, it almost it's, feels too much well i like it though like in the, go to the wide like i, I like the the size of it. It, it it takes up space yes you know yeah. what i mean that's the thing that i'm still getting used to because when i first put it on i looked i looked in the mirror and i was like I feel like I look like a mom, my mom right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving blessing mom vibes. You know what? It's, you got to push through the mom vibes. Yeah. And then you just own it. Let me know in chat. Yeah, let me know. Somebody says looking fresh. But only be nice. <laughs> be nice. Yeah, don't say mean things. 
Uh, housekeeping for you. We're throwing a meet and greet fundraiser for Extra Life. Uh, well, actually, Square Pie Guys is throwing us a meet and greet fundraiser for Extra Life. Come hang with the Kind of Funny crew on Wednesday, October 25th. Uh, we'll be celebrating the launch of the Kind of Funny Pizza, a buffalo chicken pie, and raising money for the big, beautiful kids. All proceeds from the tickets goes to our Extra Life fundraising. Uh, you'll be entered to win fabulous prizes, and you get to hang out with us. Uh, get your ticket. Yes, this is a ticketed event at kindoffunny.com slash spgparty. And then our new Halloween merch is up right now on kindoffunny.com slash store. And right now, Greg Miller is on stage to show it off. He's rocking it. He's got the sweater, but also there's a t-shirt that you can get with the same design. It looks sick. It's Halloween colors also. All the oh, Halloween colors. All, all They're the all Halloween represented colors. You here. You got purple, you got green, you got uh, orange, and you got black represented. Hell yeah. What a cool shirt. What, what a cool, cool sweater. Cool Everyone can get it now. It's not about that shirt. It's not about that shirt right now. We don't, don't, no, no, no. It's about this shirt. It's about this shirt, Kevin. Don't show him. Nicole Kidman. It's this shirt. Kindoffunny.com slash store, everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. No, this is a cooler shirt. Kind of funny.com slash oh, fucking Jesus. Place, like, yo, that's an incredible shirt. It's pretty cool. Well, oh, but not as cool as this though. Kind of funny.com. Focus on it, Kevin. We're still working out the kinks. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Lord. But that Nicole Kidman shirt. Where'd you get that? <laughs> super, super yaki. Dude, I'll send it to you later. Yeah, it's send there. me the link. But everyone else, cool. pretend I said kindoffunny.com slash store. That's where you want to go. That's where you can go to get the shirt Greg's wearing right now. The funniest thing is I was supposed to wear the shirt today. I think, I, think I was supposed to. Well, no, I think Greg was supposed to wear the shirt. Technically, I was supposed to wear the shirt. But then I have, I'm working on Redacted on a very tight timeline. So I said, hey, Bless, can you do it? And then could you wear the shirt? And then Bless said, I'm already at the office, so I can't, but I can do it. And I said, Tim, how about you wear the shirt? And you said somebody stole the shirt from me already. Which they doesn't sound right. That just sounds like you lost the shirt and you wanted to blame somebody. Well, I had the shirt on my desk. <laughs> now that's good, Kevin. That's good use of the camera, Kevin. I had the shirt on my desk and then the shirt was no longer on my desk. Yeah, but you're, so you're, what are you, but <laughs> Kevin just got <laughs> I, best, I bet you guys can't uh, imagine what national tragedy I almost referenced for that footage. I'm so happy I can't. Do I get three tries? No, <laughs> you do not. <laughs> Tell me about the news. Can I just name a city? <laughs> Over on Patreon, uh, a new shit list with me and Roger is up where we react to IGN's top 10 list of Spider-Man games. And that one is a must listen. It's a Hell yeah. episode. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool and Delaney Twining. Terry brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. The camera store was a minute ago. A baker's dozen! I just love the cut to a blurry wall. <laughs> God damn. Uh, let's start with story number oh, no. one. It's so incredible. <laughs> Xbox is doing a partner showcase. This comes directly from Xbox Wire this morning. We are delighted to announce our next broadcast event, Xbox Partner Preview. This new show format will deliver a fresh mix of indie games and familiar favorites from our third-party partners like Ryu Gagotoku Studio, Remedy Entertainment, Studio Wildcard, and others with more than 20 minutes of trailers and new gameplay footage. 
This event will be digitally broadcast on Wednesday, October 25th at 10 a.m. PT, showcasing updates and new looks at games coming to Xbox and Windows, as well as new info from uh, some upcoming Game Pass titles uh, from our incredibly talented creative third-party partners from around the world. You can expect to see the latest information on in-game activities uh, for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, a launch trailer for Alan Wake 2, the first gameplay for Ark Survival Ascended, a dive into the social world, the social world of Dungeons of Hinterburg, and more. Uh, following up on that, Tina Mini over at Xbox tweeted out a uh, oh. new show alert. Excited to put a new Xbox show format into the world soon. No hosts, no talking heads, just back-to-back trailers and updates. Hope you enjoy this a state Wednesday. of box, if you will. We'll, we'll, find, we'll workshop that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, but we'll that's a state it. of play, essentially, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, here's just a bunch of trailers. There's you not actually state of be... Yeah, I but I wanted to say box. Point. You know what I mean? No, it's not fair. It's fair. State of the box. I love this. I'm interested in what this could look like. I, I am a big fan of showcases, obviously. Mm-hmm. Big fan of new formats for them. I do feel like it does hit that tipping point of there being too much. But I also think that Xbox has had a really big problem of having too much without definition. And um, I, this, to me, seems like the, what I want to see more of. Like, the inside Xbox stuff, it's really cool. But that almost feels more like a... Um, a really niche podcast series yeah. as opposed to like, hey, this is a showcase that it we're feels actually... almost like the PlayStation broadcast. Exactly. That that is what it feels like. Yeah. And I, I feel like Xbox has been missing that um middle ground uh showcase that's not the yo expect the most major announcements ever, but hey, want to see some updates on games you want, maybe some fun announcements, that'll be cool. They did the Hi-Fi Rush thing earlier this year. Yeah. The uh, uh ex- underscore devel- developer, developer direct, underscore direct. Something yeah. like that. Um, so they're, they're trying, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that we get to a point that it's kind of like settled soon. Even looking at the state of play side of things, like I feel like even they've made improvements over the last year to that format of um, how odd it could be. We, we, we had actually a person talking to us as opposed to just that voice, mm-hmm. um, which was, was cool. And I thought that they did a good job with that state of play, at least in terms of presentation. Um, so excited for this. I feel like they're setting the expectations correctly for it. I just hope that this ends with a keep doing the broadcast type thing, get this format down to be a general update show that we're not going to get too hyped for, but mm-hmm. also we know there's going to be things that people are excited for shown and maybe a fun announcement. And then, have something a bit more premium, like the the showcases that we're used to yeah. for the summer game fest. See, area. That, that's what I wonder about all of this is what are you looking to get out of it in terms of reaction response? Is this something that you are hoping to build into something that people get hyped for, like a direct, like a state of play, like a showcase, or is this just an, another additional thing for you to talk about your games, right? Because I think both methods are valid, right? Like both, you need you need like the the longer form or like the I guess smaller hype form of hey we just want to talk about some games we just want to display just want to you know display these things that we have that we have going it's in the same way that i look at playstation when they do like we're going to tweet out seven games this morning and have playstation blog posts about each of them right like i think you need those multi multi level approaches to how you're going to talk about your games and like get them in front of people that way you're able to kind of like keep yourself in that cycle um it being a partner showcase though i mean that's mm -hmm. similar uh verbiage that nintendo uses right yeah or it's nintendo direct partner uh presentations or whatever and so. like those ones are it's it's that interesting thing where nintendo because they put the direct title to it like mm-hmm. the nintendo direct partner showcases or whatever like the, there's a level of hype attached to it that not that it doesn't always warrants i think now when you see the partner showcase with nintendo it, it is a okay it's a direct but it's one of these directs yeah it, there's a weird reality to this all though that like it's a, a, a double-edged sword because 
you want the showcases to matter enough that it's that worth watching, but yeah. you don't want the expectations to be too high that you can't deliver. And I think that at this point, you it's impossible to actually pull that off just with mm -hmm. the amount of things that people are looking for and the amount of just straight up like red flags, green flags. It either worked or it didn't of Metroid Prime 4 wasn't here. So fuck that showcase or, you know, whatever. They didn't fix Halo. So fuck this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain things that are just like, I, I feel like you're not going to get away from. But for the vast majority of people out there, and I think even uh, not even so much the majority, but even the the more the, the people focused on these showcases in the way that we do, where we watch all of them and we can compare them to, to one another. I think that setting expectations, but still maintaining them being worth watching is the mm. goal for all of them and finding that scale i think that there are those multiple tiers that you're talking about that they all three nintendo playstation and xbox are able to hit if they can just get everything to line up correctly that's really hard like yeah. it's especially with the partner showcase where it's not fully on them but this is really smart to me especially in the wake of all the news from last week where Xbox needs to build these formats out now because they're going to need a place to be able to talk about all the Game Pass updates and all the Activision stuff that's going to come over time. And while that probably won't be a partner showcase, I think it's smart to define a partner showcase now so that later they could potentially define some other thing that is like worth getting excited for. Yeah, 1000%. And also like when we talk about setting expectations, you know, like they talk about, you know, you can expect to see the latest information on Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, a launch trailer for Alan Wake 2, first gameplay for Ark Survival Ascended and a dive into um Dungeons of Hinterburg, right? Like leading off with that, I think gives a paints a good picture of what you can expect, mm -hmm. right? Like usually when you when when you're announcing one of these and you're attaching certain titles to them, right? Like I feel like that is the barometer you're going to get, this is the range of excitement that you can get here, right? And I think something like first gameplay of Ark Survival Ascended, that's pretty exciting, right? Like for that audience, that's something that's really cool. That's a very popular game, right? And first gameplay there, that's super cool, right? I look at Dungeons of Hinterburg and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. But also like, I'm sure that's going to hit for whoever's going to hit for, right? Like I don't like to a launch trailer isn't as exciting, right? Because it's like, okay, well, the game's out. People are about to be playing it. Um, a look into Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Again, like there's an audience there that's for that. This very much feels like that mid-level, hey, we just want to have a conversation with the audience about what, what you can expect. And I think that is exciting. Another thing that I'm also curious about, though, is do we still get inside Xboxes? Like that might be a question for uh, Mike or just the chat, right? Like if you guys want to write and say you're wrong, just let me know. When was the last inside Xbox? Because I feel like I don't see those happen as much. Is that a thing that's been phased out? Are they phasing in I, phasing in new things? I don't think that it's been phased out. I just think that when we look at like it's October now, I feel like we've just had a really steady stream. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. Uh, of Xbox showcases of the bigger variety. Mm -hmm. And there's been so much going on with all just the Xbox news and like everything going on with the, the legal stuff that like I, I just feel like there hasn't been a place for that. People in chat are saying that we haven't had one in like three years. Huh. Which might be a, which could be a COVID thing, but also I think it might just be that inside Xbox wasn't as exciting, and I feel like this is kind of taking the place. I hope so. And that's like, and I mean to your point of like you know having many things slash like having a multi layered approach inside Xbox, I think felt like a catch all to hey we have internal stuff we want to talk about, we have third party stuff we want to talk about, and like sometimes it'd be exciting, but most of the time it wouldn't be as exciting. I think this year introducing the developer underscore direct stuff has worked really well because that first one was super exciting because we got Hi-Fi Rush. Um, we got the Starfield Direct, which I think they would lump into that brand, right? I'm sure if you ask the Xbox, they're like, oh yeah, no, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Starfield Direct, fucking fantastic, oh, yeah. right? Like one of the best showcases of the year. And so I think they got something really cool with that where they can really go ham and go, hey, 
let's put our first party things on a pedestal and really push the excitement here with our developer underscore directs. And then in an inside Xbox where you get the third party stuff, now let's turn that into like this Xbox partner preview where it is all about the third, third party. It is what we get from Nintendo from the partner showcases, right? But maybe we can spend more time doing a deeper dive into something like, 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 like a dragon that wouldn't fit on an Xbox showcase. And you have something like Alan Wake 2 kind of headlining it in a way that like, yeah, that game is imminent. So it's not necessarily the most exciting thing to get more yeah. Alan Wake 2 now, but that is what we've always seen from specifically Sony and Microsoft of like wanting to own a game via marketing partnerships. So this is a really smart way to make people think of Alan Wake 2 as an Xbox game, mm -hmm. even if it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and everything that I just read here, or that you read that I'm reading again, um, looking at this, doesn't use the word announcement at all, you know? Mm. So I, I wonder if we'll see anything. I don't necessarily expect it, but they do talk about Game Pass, right? And they, they say that uh, some upcoming, some info on upcoming Game Pass titles from our incredibly talented creative third-party partners. I think it's really cool if they, like, We've talked for years on Games Daily about out today, and we go through a list of games that are, some of them sound real, some of them sound fake, and then we go through, oh, here's the Game Pass uh, titles, or the, the ga Games with Gold titles this month at PlayStation Premium, Extra Deluxe, whatever yeah. the fuck games you get this month. I feel like with what Game Pass has become, they are able to make that more exciting, and especially with the amount of partnerships they have. And I mean, dude, the proof's in the pudding when it comes to Xbox. Like, when it comes to their partners, when it comes to the Japanese side of studios, mm -hmm. how much investment Xbox has made in making sure that all so many of those games are coming to Game Pass, like the personas and all of that, mm -hmm. like it's the slow kind of market domination that they're they're building to via partners, in addition to their first party lineup that, you know, at this point is now just ridiculous in terms of number of teams working on games. Um, but when you add on top of that all these partner uh, these partners that they have that are putting games on Game Pass, that alone, I think, is a, could be exciting news oh, yeah. for Dude, I mean, these showcases. You, when we look at Xbox's 2024, I, we have an ex expectation of like what games we're going to see, right? But like the calendar isn't totally laid out, and I don't, I don't know if this is a year wrong, maybe. I don't know if they have much going on for, like, let's say, the first quarter of the year, maybe the first couple of quarters in terms of like big Xbox titles. Like I don't know if they have like the month-per-month -month thing of, like, you know, we're giving we're, we got you a first party title every month. When I look at the 2024 calendar from uh, Game Informer, right, like there's tons of opportunity to have like fun Game Pass stuff. Even in January, right, you look there and there's Alone in the Dark that's coming out. There's Prince of Persia. There's Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. There's Tekken 8. Like at least one of those is going to appear on Game Pass, maybe, right? You imagine that there's a chance. I've made, uh, let me know if Like a Dragon has been announced, actually, because I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's that's one the one that could end up there, right? You go to February, and it is like Grand, Bu uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, uh, Persona 3 Reload, which sounds like something that's probably going to be on Game Pass, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, like for what this partner preview thing can be, I think this could be the place where it is. Hey, let's talk about our big hitters for Game Pass. Uh, the Singer Bros says it is. Which one? Like a dragon. Like a dragon. Okay, so there you go. And, and then Persona yeah, Persona 3 Reload. Reload. Well. So yeah, there so, you yeah, go, like man. Month, like, month per month, like there's something there that's exciting. Both those are fucking big games to have on Game Pass. Yeah, it is. And Game Pass is the business. So I feel like them focusing on that and like pr presenting it as if it's a big deal that they have these things is a good idea for them and I think yeah. even for the audience and for understanding the value of Game Pass. And for like when we look forward to it, right? Like right now they're talking about we're going to have a dive into Like a Dragon. I'm sure we're going to have another one of these, let's say... December or January that's going to be a dive into Persona 3 Reload and like that's exciting like the idea of being able to tee up like hey we have a Game Pass title that's coming out in a few months 
and it's a big AAA thing. Let's have like our own exclusive deep dive into it. I, I, I think there could be gold here. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, we will be live reacting to this. Oh, hell yeah. On Wednesday. Let's go. So Push.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Hell yeah. Story number two, we got a Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 review roundup for you. Uh, right now on Metacritic, it is sitting at a 79. On OpenCritic, it is sitting at a 76. Richard Wakeling at GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Konami has still put together a comprehensive bundle collecting five highly influential games and multiple variations from a period spanning 24 years. There are other ways to play these games, but I think we often undersell the appeal of convenience. Being able to easily access them on all on a modern console is a major selling point. For someone like me, who only ever owned the original games on their original consoles, Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 is indispensable. It's disappointing that there aren't any option visual improvements or behind-the-scenes material, and the lack of a central hub makes the bundle feel scattershot. The bonus content that is here is simply a cherry on top, however, lending the entire package a sense of reverence for one of the most important series in video game history. James Billcliffe at VG247 gave it three out of five stars and says, the master books are bursting uh, with, or no, bursting or bursting with interesting tidbits that helped me to contextualize each game uh, and the storyline as a whole better than ever before. But there's relatively little within the games themselves to make this a real must have if you still have access to previous collections and releases. And then Scott McCray at the Daily Mirror gave it five out of five stars and says, if you expected spruced up versions of these titles, you'll leave disappointed. But if you're after a way to play one of the best video game series ever, made uh, on modern platforms wrapped in a nice package you won't be disappointed ladies and gentlemen i want to welcome to the stage <laughs> once again the one and only greg miller hello everyone it's me greg miller greg you've gotten to play Gear solid master collection volume one right we're in the middle of a million other reviews so what i've been doing is i have them all downloaded uh but i've actually been playing Gear solid one yeah where i've just been popping in and kicking the tires and yeah. feeling what it's about and doing the whole thing everything these reviews are saying is correct right like it's not some wow they really went above and beyond to make this some kind of crazy collection but they also didn't fuck it up which i think at that point is like okay cool and i i do appreciate volume one you the, the just the the belief that we'll volume see. two would have everything in a, in one place where we could finally play Metal Gear Solid Four again is exciting. Uh, for me, yeah, it's you know Metal Gear Solid, ladies and gentlemen, has a nice trophy list. Let me say that right now. Ooh. All right, so that's exciting. Of a, a platinum, I feel is more obtainable than uh, sometimes they are. As you I, saw with Metal Gear Solid Five, has Metal Gear Solid One had a platinum before? And if so, have you gotten it? I've never gotten it, and I would be... I don't think so, chat. This is where you'd correct me, right? Because we just had the PS1 Classic version, which didn't have trophies before, unless I'm forgetting something, but I'm was also... Like a mobile or a handheld version? No, because it was PS1 Classics would be on Vita uh, as well. Yeah. No, this is the first time. Everybody's got my back on that one. Cool. Good, just making sure I wasn't speaking out of turn. There's the one of, like, get a, get the code name Big Boss or Fox, I believe, and I haven't actually looked in, so that could be difficult, but it's also, like... You'd be coming back and doing it again with stealth camouflage mm. and unlimited ammo. I'm sure it'd be fine. Um, but more than anything, they didn't fuck it up, and I am enjoying playing it. And like, what a trip to be in my basement. You know what I mean? Uh, sitting there playing this thing and be like, God, like this is such a turning point in my life, and to have it on the 80 inch OLED. You know what I mean? Sitting there playing it, and then, like, you know, to hear David Hayter again awesome. to go back to have it be both. Man, this is so simple. But then also, man, I keep getting fucking caught. <laughs> like, you know, like, all the different things. It plays really well. I'm having a great time. I, I intend to keep chipping away at it. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited for it, man. Like, I, I think I, I want to play it on Switch. I, I've been loving, I love my Switch for so many reasons, but I really love the collections of games, like old games. Like, it's kind of just grown to just be such an amazing piece of hardware to just have libraries of so many, like, bundles of old games or yeah. like, things like this that are just great. Um, so I'm excited. I, I've, I've never beaten Metal Gear Solid 1, the original. Wow. So I'm hoping to do it here because I beat Twin Snakes. Um, oh. So wow. yeah, I'm I'm excited to to do it here. I'm a little bummed about the resolution and stuff on the I Switch, know. and I, I just I it, it's such a mm -hmm. such a bummer. It just seems like such an unnecessary thing. But you know what? I'll live with I it. I do wish the packaging of it was better because yeah, you install it and it is they're all God. installed as different games. There's so many. Yeah, it's like so uh, obtuse. Yeah, it's you like know, four there, different icons. There's one and there's like two things that have the I same like icon that. too at some point. Where it's oh, like, I don't that's like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like I wish you know we've come up now with like atari collections and really cool like museum style introductions yeah. into video games. Rare yeah, 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 yeah. yeah rare replay where it is you click in and before you even boot up a game right like you get like a fun visual fun synopsis like a fun little like really cool special features that i think should become the standard right and these like, are like yeah there's like the book like there's the entire yeah. script down there and then there's like the timeline there's there are things in there but i can't i don't think they're new for this right the recollection from yeah. the other things like that even when before. you boot it up right like the blue point logo is one of the first things to pop up for me mm -hmm. when, I, when i booted up Metal Gear solid 3 and i was yeah. like okay so this is just a repackaging of that version of the remaster okay yeah, cool, yeah, well. yeah but i will say like i when i immediately when i got the collection right like i booted up Metal Gear solid 3 and I played the first 30 minutes. And by play, I mean I watched the first 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just like the full cutscene. And God, like, is it still good? Like, it's incredible still. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, like, playing Metal Gear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes. Take Dude, me back. Yes. What do you got to say, Naomi? Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Greg. Good seeing you guys. Yeah. Fox die. Story number three. Die, die. The Fallout TV show has a release date. This comes directly from Twitter. This is tweeted out by at Fallout on Prime. Please remain calm. An important dated message brought to you by your friends at Prime Video. Um, the There's like a cool little teaser here that's doing like the fun like Fallout terminal thing. Um, and it reveals that the first episode of the Fallout TV show is coming out April 12th, 2024. Tim, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean... I hope it's good. Mm -hmm. That's my big worry is, is this going to be quality? Is this going to live up? Is this going to be another one in like the, um, I guess the dominoes of video game TV shows and TV adaptations and movie adaptations, right? Because we've gotten a really good streak lately. I love Fallout. I love the world of Fallout. I really need Fallout to be part of that streak. Because yeah. I think there's such good potential in terms of the world and lore that could lend itself to a really good TV show. Um, and I, I really hope they nail it. I, I think the potential is there. And I feel like this is one you look at all the the, the elements that are working on this and like am, the mon Amazon money behind it and like them positioning this as like a premiere show. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a higher likelihood than not that it's good, but that's just based on the last year, I would say, of these type of projects. Mm -hmm. um, definitely not a guarantee. And we'll just have to to see when it when it comes out. But yeah, April, not too far away. I'm sure. Yeah. I imagine maybe Game Awards or something. We get a trailer. That's my yeah. I, I hope I, I hope we see soon. Like, what does the actual world look like? Like, we this is what the second thing we've gotten in terms of like promotional stuff. There was a promotional image of just like a welcome to the world type thing, right? And like the big complaint with that was that they very obviously used AI uh, generative stuff to make that promotional image. And so like already starting off on not a great foot there but like that doesn't mean that the show is going to be bad and so i'm hoping that lives up there but yeah i'm i'm i can't wait to see like all right 
what's the deal with the vault? Like, what's the gimmick here? You know, like, is the what's the weird, insane experiment that they're running on these people? And then, yeah, like, how are you capturing a post-apocalyptic world? Yeah. You know, are you able to nail that? Because I think that is the thing that you got to get right. That's the thing that I think we love so much about The Last of Us, for example, is that, like, you look at the dilapidation, you look at how, like, you know, overgrown all the fungi is and all this stuff, and it's, wow, this looks like Last of Us. Like, mm-hmm. this looks, looks post-apocalyptic in a really cool way. I, I think that's a big thing you got to nail for Fallout. And so, yeah. I, I think there's enough visual identity elements in Fallout that they, they already have that leg up. Like, in the same way that Last of Us, like, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's easy, yeah. but they had a lot to work with what, where we knew that the buildings had to be covered in green. Yeah. That's Last of Us. That's, that's the look of that. Fallout with a uh, little vault boy, like, the vaults themselves, the outfits. Like, there's just so many things that I think are, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, easy to just nail. And then the rest of it's kind of like, you need a good story. Yeah. You need something that's compelling. Like, you need hooks that aren't just for the gamers and references and like, oh, I, I, I know that member berry stuff. Like, you need something real. And I think that with the, the backdrop of the Fallout world, they could do that. I hope so. And also, I hope you get, like, a, re- a re-release of Fallout 3, like Fallout New Vegas. Like, a good, maybe a collection, maybe a remaster, maybe even a remake. I think something along those lines would pair well with a t- Fallout TV show in the same way that we got Last of Us Part 1 with the Last of Us TV show. Mm. But... These are dreams. If you want to dream big, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can go there and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep just because I can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a great place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You can make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Betterhelp.com slash kind of funny. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And we're back with story number four. Spider-Man 2 sales are in. That was an incredible angle. 
Uh, the, the gym needs a lot of refinement. <laughs> Listen, I'm here and, 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 and I'm sitting here trying my best to like build it as we also cut this. So I apologize for earlier when I left it on bless for way too long because I was looking at the wrong camera. <laughs> I we're trying out here. Yeah, we're, we're a lot going experimenting. on. I just love also just looking up and seeing the gym like just slowly moving. And I'm like, <laughs> weird I'm, yeah, I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? <sighs> what are you looking at over there? Uh, story number four, Spider-Man 2 sales are in. This comes directly from PlayStation on Twitter where they, they tweeted out this morning, great news, Spidey fans. Marvel's hashtag Spider-Man 2 PS5 has sold more than 2.5 million copies in the first 24 hours. Thanks for making this a high flying launch uh with that they have a promotional image attached to it that yeah shows that uh it's rocking a lot it's gonna load for uh, more than 2.5 million players and then um they have next to it is the fastest selling playstation studios game in playstation history that is absolutely wild but expected we've been talking about this for years mm -hmm. playstation has just been crushing it with their big first party titles and every time they put out one of the the big ones we expect it to break records. And yeah. we've been looking at Spider-Man 2 being like, oh, it's going to destroy. It's Spider-Man. And obviously, now that we know the game is as good as we all hoped it would be, yes, it's going to crush sales. And it's doing that. Congratulations to all of them. This Congratulations. Is, this is awesome. I my, my, one, my one beef with this is it being the first 24 hours and not like the first three days. Yeah. You can't compare beat for okay. beat. Like, I, 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 I take their word for it that it's the fastest selling, right? But like... It's the fastest selling within one day. I was trying to find a tweet that I sent myself, and then uh, it, when I went back, it was gone. I was like, what's happening here? There was an update. So mm -hmm. Steven Totillo tweeted, it's impressive Spider-Man 2 sold 2.5 million copies in one day. Sony's fastest selling could be, but the standard changes. Previous fastest selling PlayStation exclusives, Spider-Man 1, 3.3 million mm -hmm. in three, three days. days. Last of Us Part 2, 4 million in three days. God of War Ragnarok, 5.1 million in five days. So, yeah, it, yeah. we're kind of using a bunch of things just to like get the headline out there. Because the argument we've had before, right, is like, is Spider-Man 2 going to be the fastest selling, quote unquote, fastest selling PlayStation game being a PS5 exclusive? Because mm. when you look at God of War Ragnarok, mm -hmm. right, and you look at the others, you're talking about PS4 fan base in there, which is going to boost the numbers up. You're so right. Will Spider-Man yeah. 2 get it there with only being a PS5 exclusive? Yeah. And like... I guess arguably, like, that's the thing is the fastest selling is such a weird, weird word. Because in the first day, sure, yeah, like, I would imagine that that carries over into, the into like, day two, three, and four. Yeah, I mean, you got to imagine. I yeah. mean, well, th that's the thing is, like, I don't look at this as, like, uh, Sony trying to be fucking weird. No. I look at this as, like, what's the most impressive sounding thing for the headlines? And, like, because, like, look, the reality is it's not, like, they're trying to hide something here. Like, mm -hmm. and if they are, it's because of what you're saying here with, like, PS5 install base versus the other things. But, like, are, are you telling me that, in, like, a month we're not going to be talking about spider-man sales being astronomically no, thing, high right? like, like <laughs> i think regardless like no matter the stat right like spider-man 2 is going to sell phenomenally well um but it, yeah i think it's more so the thing of how can we make this the fastest selling playstation game right? yeah all right cool hey instead of doing first five days let's just short up to first day because we yeah. can make that we can make that claim which cool which good they for can claim that and it's real yeah so, like, like, <laughs> and this is only a stat that really applies to playstation because nobody tweet. Who nobody else really uses fastest, fastest selling yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's about sales. And I think that this game is going to sell incredibly you think, well. Because we talked about this uh, a few days ago, right, on KFGD, of, of like 12 months from now, is Spider-Man 2 going to be the highest selling game of 2023? Because I, I had some blowback on that, people on Twitter being like, oh, but it's an exclusive, like it's only on one platform, yada, yada, yada. And like, I don't really buy that because like right now, I'm pretty sure the second best selling game of the year is Zelda, which of course, See, Switch, I mean, that's all that's that the thing. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a lot to, to break down here. What was the, the, by what date did you say? By a year? 
Yeah, like let's say let's say by the end of 2024, what will be the best-selling game of 2023? Yeah, see, God, that's complicated. Because here, here's my problem: mm -hmm. Mario Wonder, Mario Wonder, mm. selling very well, not selling the most ever right now. 2D Mario games have legs. 2D Mario Wonder, I think, at the end of the day, will sell more than Spider-Man Two. I don't mm. know if it'll do that in the next year, though. See, I'm almost, I'm almost flipped. Where I think maybe in the next year, I could see Mario Wonder outselling Spider-Man Two, just just based on like how many Switches are out there, and yeah, how many legs, um, how many legs, how much legs uh, Mario has. But I think the thing is, what at the end of the day, we're gonna have the ports. We're gonna have like I think just the long-lasting legs of Spider-Man. Where I think if you're somebody who's gonna buy a PS5, you're also gonna buy Spider-Man Two. Like I think those things just go hand in hand in a way where the Switch now has so many options like not everybody that has a switch needs to go out and get mario wonder but mm -hmm. bless how many copies do you think new super mario brothers u deluxe sold on the switch speculation, speculation everybody <laughs> if i had to guess for mario one or for new super new mario, super mario brothers u deluxe the ports of the wii u game that nobody fucking likes i'm gonna say 13 million as of June 30th, my birthday this year, 16.17 million okay. copies. Mario Wonder's going to crush. <laughs> yeah, Mario Wonder's going to outsell that. But like, by well, here's the thing, right? By how much? I don't know. Because let's say Mario Wonder, let's say Mario Wonder gets to 19 million. I think Mario Wonder could get to 30 million. You think Mario Wonder can get to 30 million? In a year? No. But, but by the end of the day? I think so. See, I would uh, cap it is a weird word because you can't really cap it because Mario Wonder is going to sell forever based on how Nintendo works. I would say 20 million, but then, like, if I was compare that to Spider Man 2 at the end of the day, how much is that going to sell? I mean, I would almost say, I would almost say that they're comparable. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. I think Mario at the end of the day is going to beat Spider Man 2 by like a large enough margin that it's, yeah, it's very clear. Okay. Um, looking at this, uh, you don't know. This is hard. Like, this is a little outdated numbers, but uh, as of. 2022, um, the Spider-Man games, so all of them, mm -hmm. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, remasters, all of that, total 33 million. Okay. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I think it's going to be Mario. Yeah, I think but I do think Spider-Man's going to, and, and again, that's with PS4 install base, not PS5 install base. I mean, here's the, here's the wrench I'm going to throw into it is Hogwarts Legacy. Because Hogwarts Legacy, I believe, is the highest selling game of the year currently. And that's one that I could see continuing on. That would make sense. Just based I mean, on the fan. The Call of Duty is like, who knows? Like, there's so many like X factors here. Yeah, like I'm finding it from Game Rant, right? Despite competition from many other excellent games that was released during 2023, Hogwarts Legacy is still 2023's most successful launch. The title sold over 15 million copies. And this was written in, on September 4th. Yeah. That game came out in like February. Yeah. 15 million. Yeah. Insane. We'll see though. We'll see. For now, let's talk more about sales. With story number five, Lords of the Fallen sales are also in. Uh, this is from the homie Noble on Twitter. Uh, they tweeted out, Lords of the Fallen sold one million copies worldwide in its first 10 days after release. Congrats, Lords of the Fallen. It's, yeah, all, it's also like, it's so funny, like talking about the games that we're talking about, right? Which are like Mario, Spider-Man, Hogwarts, the biggest IP yeah. ever. Yeah. And then you look at like a regular video game. A regular how much video that sell, that Lords sells. of the Fallen, but one million. One million like, is, very, congrats is very good. to them, man. Like, again, this year has been awesome for video games in terms of quality and in terms of P 
people playing games and people opening themselves up to new genres and and like maybe you're not new genres but like genres that aren't necessarily the highest selling things ever yeah this is a major win for this obviously i could bring baldur's gate into it of like which i don't think we even know like full baldur's gate three sales that might be in the conversation as well because they don't ah. report on mpd yeah that so that's interesting i don't think that they're i mean i think it's really high i don't I, think it's going to be in the conversation of like the best of a Mario or Spider-Man. I, I, if I had to guess, Baldur's Gate 3 is probably top five of the year currently. Currently. Currently is, currently. Currently is, a, is a very strong word in this. Yeah, yeah currently. Yeah, yeah, I put yeah. it in the top five. <laughs> uh, moving on to story number six. PlayStation's visual arts studio has been hit with layoffs. This is Sophie McAvoy at GamesIndustry.biz. PlayStation support studio Visual Arts has been hit with another round of layoffs, with several former employees sharing on social media last week that they had been let go. Quote, unfortunately, following a, a wave of layoffs, uh, last, week was my last, last week was my last at PlayStation, uh, former senior uh, level designer at Visual Arts Daniel Bellamar wrote on LinkedIn. Senior technical recruiter Matt Barney shared a similar update on LinkedIn, adding that he, quote, knew this layoff was coming and wished those impacted uh, the best of luck in their future endeavors. Rigging artist Sean Teo posted to social media that their contract had come to an end as well, but as noted by VGC, did not indicate whether this was <clears throat> excuse me, related to layoffs. Uh, it's unclear how many staff have been impacted by the redundancies at this stage. GamesIndustry.biz has reached out uh, to Sony for more information. A first wave of layoffs took place at Visual Arts in May, according to former project coordinator Jean Borba, uh, who wrote on LinkedIn that there was restructuring within the studio uh, and that he was among the people let go to support budgetary needs. Uh, Visual Arts was launched in 2007 and is known for working as a support studio on The Last of Us, Uncharted, and Spider-Man. Another one in the list of, of uh, layoffs in the in industry. And as always, right, like our hearts go out to people who've lost their, lost their jobs. That always sucks. Um, but also, man, like what an insane year for tech in general, right? But it, like, you know, when we look into video games, the amount of just like shitty things that have happened, right? The amount of people that have lost their jobs. Absolutely, man. It, it's, it's horrendous. And like looking at this, this is another one that feels a little bit different too. Because like just timing wise of this, like you look at the why for all these stories of like what caused this and um, the, the visual arts, who I'm not familiar with. They're just a support studio. Yeah. I, before today, did you know that though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, cool. they're the, they had like the rumors of like them being the ones who are going to be responsible for the Last of Us Part One remake, but then like, oh, it's that group. Okay. Cool. Them. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm talking about here, Last of Us Uncharted, Spider Man. Like, I wonder how much of this is just kind of where PlayStation Studios are at with their current run of things of like this type of support studio not needing to be as beefy for potentially their games to the service mm -hmm. projects that they have coming out or, or something, something like that. But maybe that's reading into it too much, but yeah, I mean, I, I, right. Like it's like, I think it's, it might be the thing also just, Hey, video games are getting more expensive to make and like things are tightening up across the board in the industry. And so even PlayStation has to look and go, all right, like where can we cut, cut some costs? Where can we figure this stuff out? Maybe that if I had to like speculate a little bit, right. Like I, I if I remember, correctly about like the whole Forbes or not Forbes um uh like Jason Schreier article about it right like I believe there, there was some of it might have been hey like we wanted to take on these different projects and none of them stuck with us and so like because we're not working on a bigger project now and like we're sticking to, to doing our support work you know like we don't have as much of a need to have this many people on the team again that's like me speculating but I think either way right like Damn, like I, it, I, I think either way, it is just the tightening of the pockets for the games industry. Hey, like things are expensive right now, and so 
This, these are the cuts we make. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Uh, final news story. Story number seven. We're going back. Speculation Station. Uh, Far Cry's multiplayer game is an extraction-based shooter. This is Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. A second Far Cry game is in development, and it's an extraction-based multiplayer shooter, completely separate from Far Cry 7. Insider Gaming has learned. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. A second Far Cry game is in development. <laughs> like, phrasing that is just so fucking funny. But also, did we know Far Cry 7 was, like, official? Or is it just, it's like... It's not official. It's just, like, a lot of, like... <laughs> this is, like, this is Insider Gaming, which, like, Insider Gaming, if you're unaware of Insider Gaming, right? It is a lot of, like reports and quote-unquote insider stuff right so that's yeah. why i always attach a grain of salt or yeah, speculation yeah, yeah. Okay. to any of their stories because like tom henderson has gotten plenty of things right in the past yes like tom henderson was the one who was talking all about the detachable disk drive playstation right mm -hmm. like tom henderson i think is in the know uh but at the same time it's like man all right you get you got some wild news out here there's an extraction based far cry game all right, cool. Like we're gonna talk Not about it. Not surprised at all. Not uh, maybe a little surprised. I don't know. Rainbow Six Extraction happened, and yeah. like that came and went so quickly in a yeah. way where I'm like, oh, you're gonna do that with Far Cry now? Has that stopped Ubisoft ever, bless? No, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I mean it hasn't. It hasn't. <laughs> As reported in January 2023, Ubisoft is working on two individual Far Cry projects headed by Ubisoft Montreal. While both games were under the same banner several years ago, under the code named talisker uh management changes and the game scope changed direction the result has the result was two far cry projects far cry 7 which is ubisoft's next mainline title and is internally known as project blackbird uh, while its multiplayer game is called project maverick both games are now completely completely separate entities uh with maverick uh, morphing into a far cry extraction based multiplayer experience i'm gonna pause there and say how many publishers do you think have a title that is codenamed project maverick yeah i feel like that must be one of the most popular codenames out there good maverick great movie good for top gun it's understood that the far cry multiplayer project has changed scope several times over its several year development cycle uh with ubisoft now set on the game being extract based shooter uh, set in a fictional alaskan setting named <laughs> alishnika <laughs> the game's lore evolves around the player <laughs> being lured into the region with the promise of freedom only to discover a land of chaos with trust uh, between people being virtually non-existent in true far cry fashion players will need to search the environment for resources in order to survive resources include killing animals for leather to make gear finding chemicals to make gadgets harvesting plants for medical supplies and finding weapon parts and bullet casings for weapons and ammo a far cry extraction shooter tim this sounds like a tim gettys ass game oh yeah that's exactly exactly what i want you know <laughs> 10 out of 10. Nah, um i mean not surprised by this i feel like this is very in line with with just ubisoft in general mm -hmm. um i remain waiting to see a ubisoft that i believe in it's been a long time. Um, having said that, can't complain because we're getting Prince of Persia next year. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I was talking to Mike about this on the show a while ago where I'm like, I don't know, man. Extraction shooters, in theory, sound really cool. Like, oh, yeah, a couple teams, they drop on, like, a, a map and they have to, like, extract things and, like, take them out before maybe they get shoot killed. Something. Or you, maybe you shoot something. There's also NPCs, like, enemies they have to take out. Like, it sounds like a fun genre, but I, I, the hits are so few and far between, right? Like, you're talking about Tarkov. You're talking about Hunt Showdown, right? And even those names are names that, like, I tell I tell you, Tim. Yeah. Tim, what can you tell me about Hunt Showdown? I mean, that's the thing. I know it <laughs> What can you tell me about Tarkov? It's a game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know Mike was playing, um, well, oh, what was that game that Mike... 
and the streaming crew was playing that then got uh, announced that it was getting shut down a few a few months ago right like i feel like that is the story with yeah. uh, with a lot of these um a i would say that oh a far cry based extraction shooter based on hunting and gathering and all this stuff that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like it could work. But I would also say the same exact thing about Rainbow Six Extraction, mm -hmm. which, again, came and went. And so I look at this and I'm like, hey, I wish you the best. I hope this works. I hope this is fun because if this is something that is fun, I'll play this because, I don't know, that sounds fun. But it's just that these don't work that I, often. I, do, I think it's important to point out the Frontier, thank that you. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, like, worked. Yeah. I, and I feel we were all pretty hesitant about it overall. Like, you know, obviously like bear was excited for it but we were all kind of like all right they're going back to basics but it kind of just felt like they had no choice but to do that like they just needed to put more games out and so it's like hey here's this thing but it reviewed well people really liked it selling well so i'm hopeful that ubisoft i mean ubisoft approved that they can get things right oh for sure you know yeah um so i'm hoping to see more of those things and hey they're trying something different it's more far cry <laughs> The thing is, when you say they're trying something different, they're trying something that's the same. Like, yeah. they're trying, they're, here's the thing. They're going, hey, let's try something different. Let's take an IP that we made a, mil a million entries in and take a genre that we've tried before and merge them together. Certainly, like, we're certainly, we're going to freshen up a franchise that needs a bit freshening up with a genre that, again, we tried with Rainbow Six and didn't pan out. I'm sure that's going to save Far Cry. A second Far Cry game is in development. <laughs> What's happening? Why are we doing this? I also think it might be going back to the conversation that we've had about, you know, we've had this about Embracer. Where Embracer's like, we are going to exploit Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Like, But, like, that's all. It's a bad word to describe how I think a lot of publishers think about their IP, which is, you know, what IP do we have? What are the biggest and most profitable IP? How do we use these IP? quote unquote, exploit these IP. How do we like maximize the potential of these IP, right? I think would be the, uh, the more appropriate way to say it. We see Nintendo do it. Nintendo makes a million Mario games. Guess what? They know how to make a million Mario games because they figured that shit out, right? They figured out the different genres of it. They figured out how to make a Mario Kart and Mario sports games and Mario 2D and 3D platformers. PlayStation's trying to figure that out too, right? We got a Horizon uh, multiplayer game coming out at some point soon, right? Like, you know, play, uh, PlayStation is in, is, and I think PlayStation is probably gonna get it right for a lot of that stuff. Maybe not with Last of Factions, but I digress. I think Ubisoft, you know, they've talked about, hey, like, let's focus in on Assassin's Creed and, like, our franchises that we know that work, right? Let's take in a Star Wars. Let's take in an Avatar. Let's take in these big, um, you know, big budget slash very profitable IP that we know are going to make wins for us. I think Far Cry, Ubisoft looks at as one of those IPs. And so I think that's how you end up getting here is you go, what is something else we can do with Far Cry? And... You just start like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. What if it was all blue people? <laughs> what if we had? What if we made Far Cry with those all blue people and they wore regular T-shirts? Yeah. from fucking TJ. We're about Max. to find out in December. We're about to find out, but yeah, like I, I hope that they find a happy medium. I hope that they find something that works. I would never. I probably wouldn't ask for a Far Cry extraction shooter, but I get why you want to do more things with Far Cry because Far Cry works. Far Cry sells. You know, Far people like it generally. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. blow, blow their minds, but they like it generally. It's like watchdogs. And so I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Real quick, you mentioned in uh, Mario, Nintendo now has to make Mario. I saw a yeah. tweet this morning that I don't remember who said it. I don't know how valid it is. <laughs> so there's a lot of just, I'm just repeating shit here. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to believe in it. Uh, the tweet said that five people made Super Mario Brothers one. I, okay, I saw the same tweet. And I was like, is that true? Uh, yeah. So 
It might not be true, everybody. Mm. Five people made Super Mario Bros. 1 in 1985. Here we are, many, many years later, and four out of five of those people worked on Mario Wonder. If that's true, that's insane. It's so cool. That's really cool, though. Like, then that's I, that was the same conversation people were having about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, where you're like, how does how is this game so good? How does this work this well? Like, how like why technically how are you able to do this? And a lot of people were like, hey, this is what happens when you keep people around, and like just knowledge feeds down from hey, we've been doing this for forty years. Wild, absolutely wild. But yeah, if that's true, that's insane and really cool. And so, casino. Bella and Chess is four to five dentists agree. Which mm-hmm. I don't know why that got me. Tim, very excited to see what this Far Cry game looks like. We're going to get in there. We're going to shoot them some things. We're going to mm-hmm. extract them. Maybe we extract. I don't know. But extracting things is just so far away. Yeah, it is. If I wanted to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. What do you think happened to the one guy that left? That's a great question. Honestly, <laughs> I've been thinking about that all day. Like, since I saw that tweet, that's all <laughs> like, I've been thinking about, go? Wes. <laughs> that man is Phil Spencer. Oh, my God. Out today, we got SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake for PS5 and Xbox Series X, Bad Dreams for PS5, and then Dungeon Full Dive for PC. Uh, we got no new dates How for the you. fuck is SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake, still coming out? <laughs> I swear to God, we've talked about this we, 15 for, This times. is definitely, like, the third or fourth <laughs> time where he's been on out today. Uh, no due dates. We got one deal of the day for you. Riders Republic for PS4 is eight dollars and fifty-five cents on cool. Amazon. Cool. Riders Republic, good game, fun time. All right, I stand by it. Is it worth four dollars and fifty-five cents? Eight dollars and fifty-five cents, and yes, mm-hmm. I would say yes for that price. Buy and play Riders Republic. Tim, mm-hmm. we got some reader mail for you, for you. Of course, people can write into kindoffunny.com/slash/kfgd to get your questions read on the show. Jake Rocks 007 wrote in twice. Wow. Jake Rocks, 007, mad about two different things. No. I'm going to have you choose oh, shit. which thing we talk about. So Ooh, do you want to okay. talk about bugs in Spider-Man 2? Okay. Or do you want to talk about the future of PlayStation and why Jake Rocks, 007, is worried? Ooh. Ooh. Let's go bugs. Let's go bugs. So, funny enough, uh, Jake, <laughs> Jake Rocks, 007, is one of like quite a few people that actually wrote in about this. So this is a good one. Uh, he writes in and says, I want to start off by saying I'm enjoying Spider-Man 2. However, this might be the most bugs I've had in a game all year. I've had multiple crashes, bugged quests, NPC clipping, and had to load last checkpoints because it won't load the next section correct multiple times. My question is, seeing other people bring up these similar issues online, how did no review bring up the amount of bugs in this game? Well, technically, spiders aren't bugs. Yeah, here's the thing. I, it always surprises me that I don't think a single video game has come out that people could say there's no bugs without somebody being like, I had hella bugs. Yeah. I have never had a AAA experience as AAA as Spider-Man 2 with as few bugs as I had in Spider-Man 2. I think in my mm. 32 hours with it so far... There's been like one time where a character like uh, went through the, the floor a little bit and then one time where it kind of just like glitched out and the camera got really weird and there was some weird shit. That was it. That was my experience. Andy, way more bugs. I had a lot of bugs you, too. A ton of bugs. Yeah. I, it's, and so that's the thing that I'm like, I don't know. Like I feel that's, like, yeah. and yeah. having said that, and I, I've talked about this a lot uh, in the office, I don't think I've talked about it on content yet. Spider-Man 2, playing that game, my PS5 died. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. it overheated to the point that it just it died. Mm-hmm. Um, but that started with Final Fantasy 16, and I don't, I don't think it was Spider-Man 2's fault. I think it was the PlayStation 5's fault at mm-hmm. a certain point. Um, but yeah, I just think that video games are going to have bugs, and like they're like there's a lot of them. And you look back to how Jedi uh, Survivor came out earlier this year, and it's like the amount of bugs in that game will forever taint the way people think and remember that game. Yeah. And that is so so unfortunate because it's a great game, but people on top of the bugs because they put out a buggy ass product right yeah. with spider-man 2 i think right now it's caught in the thing of like overall it's pretty like relatively bug free yeah and then there's there are the people that are just like trying to make such a big deal out of certain bugs that are like just the console warriors of it all yeah it's so nasty so fast um and people like sharing funny things and i feel like it starts there so like i've seen like the spider-man cube like oh yeah, a bunch I've, seen, of I've, seen, getting? I've seen so many of the cube. Like yeah. I think that's probably the most recurring one. Where what? Like the first day of playing Spider-Man Two, I come to the office and I think Roger might have talked about how like, oh yeah, I turned into a cube. And then Janet Garcia posted a video of her as a cube. And I've just like I've seen plenty of TikToks about <laughs> being a cube, which is funny. And like I think that's the thing. I think it's a multi-layered conversation of one mileage varies when it comes to performance and games, right? Like you didn't have any bugs, right? And I believe that I had some bugs, right? Like I'm sure there's plenty of people that are playing Spider-Man Two. That aren't that aren't having any bugs like that has to be a very like these are like Kate like cases of people that have some and don't have some and guess what that happens I'm sure maybe when IGN was playing or maybe when like certain outlets were playing maybe none of them had bugs right maybe others did that's just the reality of like playing a game like this and I think it's the reality of how games are these days where there are so many options there's so many different things that can change people's experience where were you playing performance mode were you playing fidelity mode were you playing the vrr 120 hertz modes like all those things are optimized differently so if there's one person playing a specific way maybe they see nothing but other people play a different way and who knows what factor is causing all these problems but there's so much at play that could happen and there's that there is like i mean full disclosure for our review like walking out after the review and I, I remembered my bugs and I was like, oh, fuck, I meant to talk about that, right? And like, I was talking to Roger, I think Roger said the same thing about Andy, where Andy was like, oh shit, I meant to talk about that too, right? Like, that was one of those things that was on our list to talk about, but also like, I think it was low on the list because comparatively there are other bigger things that pertain to the game in an hour long review that feel, that feel a bit more, I guess like important to talk about before we get to the bugs. Cause it's not, it's not Cyberpunk 2077, right? It's not Jedi Survivor. Like for me, playing through Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2 is as buggy as every Insomniac game for me. Because guess, guess what? For me, every Insomniac game I play is a bit buggy. Like that is not, it's not like a new experience for Spider-Man 2. I know a lot of people don't have that same thing. And for, for that, like, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's so, like, I guess like the thing that I am having trouble rectifying is when a bit buggy becomes a problem. Yeah, that's because the other to me, thing. A bit buggy, it's like, it's, it's a fucking video game. Like, I watch movies and they can glitch out sometime or have weird color issues or stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, you just kind of either fix it or deal with it. Or I, I feel like when a game is buggy to a point, it is getting in the way of the game. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, Oh, it should be brought up in a review. If a game just has a couple bugs, it's like, that's, I don't know. I haven't played a game that doesn't have bugs. Yeah. I think for me is it is, I think I had enough bugs in Spider-Man two where it's like, I should maybe talk about this a little bit, but also there was the thing of there's a day zero patch and a day one patch. And also like, it's, it's a tough thing. Cause I, th- this is a thing that I've tried to feed into my reviews ever since playing cyberpunk 2077. Cause I remember reviewing cyberpunk at launch and like having plenty of bugs. And I talked about those bugs in the review, but I kept talking about that with the caveat of 
hey, I don't have the day one patch. They keep promising a day one patch. Use the bugs I had, just so you know. But like, you know, I'm, hey, there's a 50 gigabyte patch here that might fix it all. And guess what? Like the 50 big gigabyte patch did come, but it didn't fix it all. And so since then, for me, it is the thing of like, hey, cool, I'll just disclose this like whenever I'm playing. And like, I've tried to do a good job about doing that. Again, I'm meant to do that for Spider-Man 2, but also, yeah, it's the thing of none of the bugs I had were game breaking. Like the bugs I had, what I had one bug where I'm, I went to a thing, like I had to like trigger the next thing and hold triangle at the action button to like trigger the cutscene because I had to click a thing on a, on a panel and it, the triangle button didn't show up. So guess what? I reloaded the checkpoint, did the combat sequence again, and then pressed triangle. And for me, that's not game breaking. It's annoying, right? And like sometimes like if I, I don't think I fell through the world. I saw some people fall through the world, but like if it's something like that or if it's something like, you know, if I have two to three bugs in my 25 hour gaming experience and like, yeah, like, okay, cool, it's buggy. But again, it's not game breaking is the thing. Like it's not super distracting. If I had less buggy games, like I played hundred hours of Zelda and I didn't experience one bug in Zelda. And so like, that's a compliment to Zelda. But again, like I think for me, Spider-Man 2 has a, an average amount of bugs that I've had in a video game, to your point. Yeah. I, I saw someone in chat saying that, like, the Hi-Fi Rush, they didn't have any bugs. I did. I had many times where the music would be incorrect or loop, at, like, be, like, mm -hmm. multiple songs playing at once. And in a game like that, you can't do that. So I just had to stop, reset the mission, or, like, sometimes even just hitting start and going back would fix that stuff. But, like, to me, that's just, that's... And, like, here's... Video game. The other thing, too, is, like, there are going to be people that come back and listen to our Spider-Man 2 review months from now. And Spider-Man 2 strikes me as a game that these, the bugs that people are having are not going to be there in like two weeks, right? Like the box, like the, the, the playing as a cube thing, the falling through the world, like the bugs that I'm generally seeing, which seem to be, again, not really game breaking. They are like lighter things. Those are things that are going to get patched pretty quickly. And for a review like ours or for a review like, let's say IGN or any of the outlets out there that are more written word, right? That stuff is forever, right? Like, that is your opinion that lasts on the internet, unless like you do a re-review or whatever, or like a review in progress, like that stuff is going to inform people that are picking up the game six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. And if the buggy experience is like a minor part of it, and if, if, it, if there are things that you expect to get patched out in like a few weeks time, it's that tough thing of, all right, I could say this, I could make this part of my review, I could dock at points or whatever, but like six months from now, this isn't gonna matter. Two months from now, a few weeks from now, maybe it's not gonna matter. It's a, it's a weird, like, thing to balance. But for me, for our review, at least, it was something that I meant to bring up that I never got around to. Just basically because we ran out of time. Yeah. But it is what it is. Tim, let's get in to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. I think this is from... A, real quick, Arrow 52 says, normalize re-reviewing games. Uh, and then I saw somebody else say uh, that, like, bless, you should have brought that up in your review. Like, you should review what you're reviewing, not the promise there's a day one patch. It's what we're doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean... Like, the re-reviewing is, like, us talking about these games over time, over the years, and being able to bring up how experiences either changed or didn't change, and if that's going to be enough to, like reframe how we think about a game yeah. over time that's the special thing about kind of funny is that yeah like we give updates on the games we're playing right and like we get to have the follow-up for an ign right like listen to the ign podcast read the the op-eds that people are putting out there right like i think oftentimes we miss the fact that the conversation is an ongoing one because we're too focused on that initial review and not focused on well these are people with like these are human beings that have like flowing opinions and mm -hmm. ever-changing opinions and all these things right and so like one that's first and foremost two you know 
I have my review notes and there are plenty of things I didn't get to. And that's because our reviews are a conversation. And so I can sit, I could sit, you know, when Tim throws to me and is like, Hey, how do you feel about Spider-Man two? Give us your thoughts. I could like read every bullet point for 15 minutes. Guess what? Nobody wants me to do that. Like that's bad content. And like, also then I come off as like an asshole. Right. Cause then I'm like, all right, well, for this game that I'm giving a four out of five, you know, I like these things, but also I hated this and I had bugs and like, you know, this person, this piece of writing I didn't like, and I'm, I'm just going off, right? Like I, I try to, I think for all of us, we try to give our balanced opinions, right? And like speak from, from the heart and how we feel. And from there, it turns into a conversation. I think if you want like a bullet point list review, there are people out there that will give that to you. Oh yeah. For us, it's a conversation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Delaney Twining writes in and says the last Inside Xbox was April 10th, 2018, per their YouTube. Banner SN says Zelda is currently the best-selling game of 2023. As of June, it is over 18 million per Inside Gaming. Or Insider Gaming. OMGLX says it should be noted that Rainbow Six Extraction, perhaps confusingly, is not an extraction shooter. <laughs> it is a Left 4 Dead-style horde shooter with tactical elements <laughs> carried over from R6 Siege. Uh, it does not have a lot in common with games like Tarkov or Call of Duty's DMZ mode. I don't know if I'll call it a Left 4 Dead style. Uh, maybe, uh, you know what? I'm not going to argue. Genres are weird. And then Corey Cutney says, I double checked the Super Mario Wonder claim. And it is true. Out of the five original developers of Super Mario 1, um, let's see, Kazuaki Morita is the only one that didn't work on it and is credited under special thanks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's fucking cool as hell, man. Bob says Spider-Man 2 causes my PS5 to cut itself from the power as a safety measure. Cool. And then and C-Dory writes in and says there are six people credited on the original Super Mario Brothers. Uh, seven if you count Nintendo president Hiroshi Yamauchi as executive producer. So there you go. So sick. That's wild to think about though, right? How low that number is. And, like, they made one of the greatest video games of all time. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing. They definitely made the most influential video game of all time. And then they went on to make... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, right after. And we're skipping Mario 2. You know? Damn. Which was also them. a banger. Which is also a banger. Like, Mario 2 is a fucking great game. Uh, that is it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. The rest of this week's hosts for KFGD look like this. On Tuesday, you're getting Greg and me. On Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. On Thursday, you're getting me and Tim. Then on Friday, you're getting Tim and Greg. Of course, this has been kind of... Actually, before I do this, is there a post show for, for today? <laughs> I didn't double check the calendar. Yeah, there is a post show. There's a post show. Okay, cool. Yeah, just uh, me well, and you, though. Okay, cool. We'll stay tuned. We're going to hang out, have a good time, probably Super argue with chatting with y'all. Uh, this has been. Did you say funny. argue with the chat? Yeah. 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 Bless. Let's throw hands. Just real, you know what? <laughs> what in the post show, I have, I have something I want okay, to read. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. Look, I, I know, I know it's bad to even <laughs> talk about some of the dumb fucking shit we read in chat sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's so, it's like, it's just purposeless, purposeless. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's things that are so fucking stupid that I need to, I need to read you uh, what somebody said. I'm not even going to call their name out here. Omitting crucial information is called censorship. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Well, like... Here's the thing, right? Censorship. 
Okay, there's like, not, let's, <laughs> let's not dip, let's not get into it. We don't even need to. <laughs> I, don't I just think to. it's so funny. And then the, the other I thing, chose not to talk about yeah, it. Oh my God, that's the fucking funniest thing. And then the, the other thing I want to say, I saw this like way earlier, just during the show, mm-hmm. is one of, one of the things that makes me laugh so hard. You know, I feel like the most easy dunk on somebody is when they're talking shit about you and they use the wrong your. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's just so, what? it's just the best. You know it's it's especially great when they misspell it as Y-U-O-R. It's like, it's, oh my God, go back to Kansas. Yeah, all of it is idiot. just fucking bad. The video game <laughs> equivalent of it, or the internet equivalent of it mm-hmm. is people that use the word bias or biased wrong, mm-hmm. saying that someone is biased. <laughs> it's like, you fucking idiots! Like, can you at least understand the words that you're using if you're going to try to use them to dunk on people? <laughs> like, it's, it's I I love it. I I I just responded to a tweet last night from Mitchell Salzman, who he was talking about like, man, like the like the hate like rage click stuff is like pretty wild right now on Twitter when you talk about like people that people are that are doing things like the console fanboy stuff of like, oh man, look at this bug I got in Spider Man. They make it like a bigger thing than it is, and also like the other the other way around of of like. You know, oh man, Spider-Man Two is a perfect game. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh man, if you if you dislike anything, you're an idiot. Like both sides of it, insane. insane. I've seen so much of it on Twitter this fall, right? And between like you know between all of it, right? Baldur's Gate Three, Starfield, Spider-Man Two, right? Like any exclusive game, really, <laughs> if you release, I've seen so much of it. And I think one, it's a mixture of like Twitter algorithm, quote unquote, extra algorithm, right? Changing the um, for you page to be a bit more. You're seeing a bunch of shit that you don't follow. And so now I just see a bunch of like video game talk, which apparently is just rooted in console warrior co- talk, which is wild. I see so much of it. I'm like, wow, you guys exist on a level that I didn't even realize. Before oh this. man, yeah, right. Yeah. Like before this, because I don't, I don't read many comments. I don't read much of Reddit, right? Like I kind of stick to my own like Twitter, and then like I, you're now seeing yeah. the realities. This is, you're leaving the vault right now. Yeah, that's the thing is like usually it's like okay, I see the stuff from people I follow, and then guess what? I go outside and I touch grass and I talk to real people. Dude, I, I but just, now I see so much of it on my timeline. I'm like, what in the world is wrong with y'all? Somebody like in the chat earlier during our story about the Xbox showcase, I don't know what we possibly could have said during that. That their response was, their biased is showing. What did First we? What, what did you see? What that was me. Wrong fucking use of that word. <laughs> Take it off. What the fuck did we say? Like, what did we say that was anything but? We said Halo suck. But positive towards like Xbox doing this and also positive towards Nintendo and PlayStation. Yeah, I feel, like we, I feel like everything. It was kind of just a positive take on it. Anyway, enough about that negativity bullshit. Enough I just think it is it. so funny. It's so funny how weird people can be. Yeah. Listen, I'm a fan of one thing and one thing only. All right. Nintendo. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I love Fuck PlayStation. Yo, Fuck Xbox. Great. You play Mario Wonder? Because that shit is fire. Oh, that was the other Lord. thing. I tweeted out on like Saturday. I was like, man, Nintendo is just different. And like half the replies, I'm like, what is going on with y'all? <laughs> I just like it. You really like are different. Yeah. <laughs> They're not fucking 4K. Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe they make kids games. I'm like, you're playing Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Remember, you guys can get your fun super chats in over on YouTube, and we will answer those questions. Um, but while we do that, Bless, what's on your mind? What is on my mind? House of Usher is really good. Yeah. It's a really, really good show. I am now, I just finished episode six. I don't understand how Mike Flanagan keeps getting away with it. <laughs> His shows are so, Midnight Mass was a masterpiece. House of Usher. Masterpiece? Midnight Masterpiece. House of Usher is shaping up to be a masterpiece. I was going to make an Usher joke. It could have been mid. 
but it was a masterpiece. Uh, 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 I stretched a little too far. I see. Stretched it, yeah, but you know, I see what you're had to say there. it. No, I was gonna say like he he caught up and got a hit. I was gonna make like some kind of usher thing. Got it. Yeah, caught up yeah, and got yeah, a hit. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, the but like, I, I remember you don't like usher, and so I was like, I'll, maybe I'll leave him out of that. Um, but no, like he can really do no wrong. Rahul Kohli in his bag. Oh yeah. In this show, and I love that. <laughs> like he's almost playing like half himself. In yeah. the show where he's like, I'm a British dude that loves video games. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other half is like the house of usherness of it that I like, again, oh man, put, the, put him in more things. He's killing oh, it. Oh, amen. Good for I, you, can't wait, I still haven't started it. Very, very excited too, though. Did you like, like Midnight Mass? Or did you like other Mid- yeah, yeah, Mike Flanagan? Midnight Mass was the only one that I watched. But okay. um, I also need really to go back and watch one. more... Um, what haunting of hill house because i start i've started that's it twice the best one that's yeah? the best one it's so good i've started it twice and i didn't get through it because i was watching it with people and both those people abandoned me bro you gotta you gotta just cut the weight go and like i'm just going to watch it by myself or come watch it at my house mm. but will you abandon me no, because it's never. been a trend. No, here's the thing. Like me and Paul don't watch really... shows that you're gonna be really into on me a first date. Paula... Everybody, <laughs> me and Paul... you will not finish the show. <laughs> you will never finish the show. That's so funny. Me, Paul, and Avery really want to rewatch it. I, I oh, threw okay. Avery in there. I'm not sure, but like we can get her to do it. We can get her to do it. I'll think about it. He sounds confident. Um, I'm not seeing any super chats coming in, so I feel like y'all are fucking cowards. You don't even have to <laughs> get cowards. those cowards. <laughs> no, I get it though. I get I mean, it. That means we get to talk more about TV. You've been watching other TV. <laughs> um, yes, nothing to. Oh, Gen V, dude. We got to keep talking so... about this. Do we have like content about Gen V? No, we don't. I mean, I'd love to do if, if we can get things to work out right. I'd love to do a spoiler cast if you're catching Ooh, up with it all. Yeah. Um, just uh, at the end of the season, because dude, it's are you caught up? I'm caught up. Yeah. Phenomenal show, man. It it just keeps being so damn good, and I just am so surprised that. It is as good as the boys is. And I love the boys. Like to the point that season three of the boys, was that the last one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think is like my favorite season of TV. Like it just was really? so damn good. Like the levels that they upped that story and the lengths to which they went the last couple episodes of that show. I was just so freaking blown away. Like it, it, their commentary is just so. It's just strong. Like, it's strong. And it's like, it's juvenile in a way that doesn't like come with the baggage of being juvenile. You know what I mean? Like, oh, totally. Like, all of, like, the over-the-top gore, all of, like, the sex stuff, all of, like... Ridiculous. All of, like, the, um, like, the bad language, all... Of, like, it should make me cringe, but they loop it around in a way, and it's all commentary on it, right? Like, it is trying to make commentary on all this stuff. It loops it back and around in a way where I'm like, oh, this is fun. Dude, this is it's, a really fun time. It's incredible, man. And the way that Gen V was marketed, or should I say not marketed, mm-hmm. I thought that they were like, eh, it's a spinoff. This might be going a bad direction. I just can't believe that Amazon has this powerhouse win in the boys franchise. Because in my opinion, they are three for three right now with the boys, Diabolical, and this. Like Diabolical wasn't the best thing ever, but I loved the swings they took. And it was like an anthology series. And I feel like it had more wins than, than L's Hell there. Yeah. So... There's a uh, character in Gen... I'll just say the character name. I won't say anything about him, but, like, there's a character named Tech Knight that, like, is fucking incredible yeah. in Gen V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't believe that this character is a character. He's fucking awesome. <sighs> also, you might be able to see, like, the Super Chats right there. I don't know if, if Kevin can, like, zoom in for us, but, like, there's definitely Super Chats. Like, okay, I'm looking yeah, at I them. Okay, yeah, I can definitely... I can get them. Give me one second. Kevin, you, you want to read them also. We could do that like that. Uh, yeah, sure. I see that one's from, like, three minutes ago. Uh, give me one oh, second that's weird. here. But yeah, Gen V is incredible. Loki, the latest episode, like I've been liking the season overall, 
latest episode I'm kind of split on. Hmm. Like I, I liked parts of it, but there are other parts where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I like how this actor is doing is playing this character. It, I don't know if you know if you can like infer from what I'm talking. And also yeah. like certain character developments of like certain <laughs> certain character motivations are weirding me out <laughs> in lo- the latest Loki episode. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, I love it though. Yeah, yeah, let's get fucking weird. Yeah, I. This episode is my least favorite of the season so far, but I still thought it was really strong, and like I'm excited to see where they they end up taking it all. Um, I'm I'm loving it overall. Like okay. I feel I'm like also loving Loki it just as a show is just I think very strong, and uh, a lot of that's because of the production design and like it it we complain so much about the volume and the use of it and how it can kind of take away. Loki is so clearly on practical sets for season two for so much of it mm-hmm. um, that it is pretty impressive, and of course it's a mix of things, but like. Uh, there's some one shots and some things that they do that I'm like, damn, they're flexing right now. Yeah. And I, I'm really having a good time with it. it. It's wild though that we're like halfway done. How many episodes is Loki? Six. With oh, three down. Oh, yeah, that's three down. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and then Gen V, we only have like two left. We do have a uh, super chat in here, I'm seeing, saying. Uh, do, do you want me to read you the ones that we have? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so let me see what, how long has this been going on? I can kind of actually know my eyesight's not good enough. I mean, I can also, if you want to handle it. So these popped oh, up there you now. go. That's good. That's they good. popped That's up good. now. Um, let's see. Mad rocks. No, my, my eyesight still sucks. Uh, with Insomniac Spider-Man 2 and Invincible Season 2 releasing weeks apart, is it crazy to want an, an Insomniac developed Invincible game? No, it's definitely not. And I mean, like Invincible and Spider-Man have always kind of been, uh, weirdly related in some ways of just like the the type of story that it's telling there of like the teenage kid being a superhero dealing with the world around him and all of that mm-hmm. um and then you know even the the spider-man artist uh transition or sorry the uh invincible artist uh worked on spider-man a couple years back too um i feel like that'd be so fun i don't see it in insomniac but That's my thing is i would almost i would want it more out of sony santa monica than Insomniac. Mm. I think Sony Santa Monica, when you look at that that um, Balder versus Kratos fight at the beginning yeah. of God of War, that's superhero shit right there, and it's violent, and it's big scale in a way that I feel like could translate from Invincible pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it could be interesting. I mean, I feel like, obviously, we're talking about some of the best in the world yeah. with a property that we freaking love. Also, Invincible Season 2 is weeks away. We're going to, like, Thank end God. Gen V and then start Invincible. It's only four episodes, though. It's part uh, one of Season 2. Uh, oh, that's a hey bummer. Man, it's good enough. And then early next year, though, for part two. I guess, yeah, that lines up what where the first half of Season 1 is ending by December? Is that what Something like that, yeah. Like something, okay, I, I can deal with that. Uh, do, doing okay, donated... 10 bucks and says my kf game of the year top 10 prediction Ooh, okay you got a full list here number one tears of kingdom spider-man 2 Baldur's gate 3 mario wonder starfield final fantasy 16 island wake 2 phantom liberty armored core 6 liza p i don't think so no what 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 here strikes you as in this order i don't think so i the thing that i see changing i think starfield is higher the fact that like greg loves starfield mike loves starfield um paris loves starfield out of Andy loves Starfield. I think Starfield might be top um, three. Yeah. As much as I hate it. Yeah. I don't think Baldur's Gate's going to be that high. Really? I mean, just think about our our squad. I think I'll have it high. Janet's going to have it high. Andy's going to have it high. I don't know where Mike's going to have it. I don't know where Barrett's going to have it. Or if Barrett will even have it. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think it's going to be our number three. Okay. No, that lines. I think it'll be in the top ten, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- to me, this order is just the thing that's off. Games, I think this is actually pretty I think I think games accurate. is spot on. I think Tears of the Kingdom, I th- based on this conversation, I think 
is going to be number one, but I could I, also see Spider-Man 2. I think Spider-Man 2 could take it. I think Spider-Man 2 is the most likely at this point to take Really? I mean, just think about how high it's... If it's not people's number one, like Greg, mm-hmm. it's going to be in their top three for most see, people. I was talking to Roger about this, where like this year is so insane that I look at my list and I'm like, Spider-Man 2 is hanging on by a thread, I think, on my top 10. That's insane. Like I, I think it's like I don't, hanging off, I just hanging don't, off the edge. I mean, I, obviously, I appreciate everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. I am shocked at how much you don't love Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, it's, and, it's, and it's always been true, though. Like, even uh, dating, like, jokes aside and everything, yeah. like, talking about Miles and even talking about 2018. It's yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, I, it's that weird thing of, like, critic versus fan, whereas a fan, I fucking love these games, right? Like, Spider-Man 2018, Miles, and Spider-Man 2, fucking love these games as fans, as a fan. But, like, critically, I would give all of them four out of five, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. so... It's wild to me. And hanging on a thread of a top 10, yeah. even this year. That's the thing. It's is the, is the, fa- the fact that we're in this year yeah. where I look through and I'm like, yeah, like Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, fucking like Armored Core 6 and Liza P. Like, I, I think I have more of a, of a reverence for just in yeah. terms of like, like how those games play, what those games do, right? The stories they tell. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is my number one. Street Fighter 6 is in there t- for me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I, I don't know yet where I fall between Spider-Man and Final Fantasy 16. For my number uh, two. Oh, Final Fantasy 16, I think, is above Spider-Man um, for me as well. And that's the other thing, too, is I think Final Fantasy 16 could actually bump up a bit here. But, I don't know. Yeah. I'm excited to see. I think yeah. the fact that, like, it isn't just me, you, Greg, Andy, right? But yeah. you have um, Paris in there and Janet is in there as well. And Barrett, too. And Barrett in there as well, right? Like, I think that expands the vote in a way where I, it is unpredictable. Yeah, and I think Mike. Janet mentioned that, I think, uh, and Mike, which makes it truly unpredictable. But see, I could, I, yeah, I feel like Mike <laughs> would put Spider-Man number one. For sure, yeah. I think yeah. Mike would... I know Janet, I think Janet's saying like Baldur's Gate or Tears of the Kingdom for her top two. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, but also what a fucking year. But Hell yeah. I think this might be the first year that like you look at the top 10 and it's like, well, shit. All of those are like incredible. Um, we missed a couple here. Sonia says, looking to buy a new TV today and I want to know if the Z9K LED TV will be able to take advantage of the PS5 if you can do some research. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm unfamiliar with that and uh, I, I, I don't have the time. If we can do, do some research? research. <laughs> Are you asking us to do homework for you? Um, but hold on. If it could take advantage of the PS5, I, I'm sure. If you're buying a modern TV right now, it'll you're fine. Um, you just need HDMI 2.1 ports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be okay with this. Oh, Jesus. This is a... You're getting a nice-ass TV. Congratulations. <laughs> Yo, oh, this yeah. might be way too much overkill. I don't know that you need to do this. I love that it's like, I've not heard of this because it's just way beyond... Yeah, dude, this is, this is an 8K TV. I don't know that you need that. Like, that's... Or, you know, go I mean, crazy. live your fucking life. I mean, yeah. yeah, you might get ahead. Listen, of, if they're looking at it, that means they have the money for it. I mean... And if that's the case... I'm looking at the, the lowest... The, they're averaging seven thousand dollars. Five thousand five hundred is the the lowest I'm seeing here. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool for it's this person. Cool. Good for you, Sonia. Yeah, 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 good yeah. for I, you. I want to bring in the super chat from Chris Darimer because I really like it. It's Mary Mentor Murder. All right. Cool. It's uh, Miles Morales, Atreus, and Ellie. Oh, interesting. Mary Mentor Murder. Oh fuck. Well, you got to murder Ellie. Wow. You just got to. She's wow. scary. She is. Uh, you know what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, I you guys, the question is, will you be able to murder Ellie? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to die. I'm then. Oh, man. Well, this, the, the tough thing is, I can't. Oh, how old is it? I can't marry Atreus. It's right? the spirit of it. The spirit of it. Oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to change Mary to roommate. Yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> We're okay. going to be roommates. We're not going to marry these people. And if that's the case. Fuck. 
I'm going to mentor Miles because I feel like me and Miles had the most in common out of all these characters. Uh, but I don't want to be roommates with Atreus, annoying ass kid. Um, I guess be roommates with Ellie. Ellie doesn't seem like she'd be a bad roommate. She's away all the time on missions. <laughs> Coming back all bloody. <laughs> how, how old is Atreus in the last in Ragnarok? He's like a teenager. But like he's like 15 or something, right? Okay. Like no 16. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm murdering I'm murdering Atreus. Oh shit. Yeah, murdering Atreus, roommates yeah. with Ellie, and then I'm mentoring Miles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have Miles, great we're just playing PlayStation. That's like we're it. playing Nintendo yeah, yeah. all the time. You mentoring, mentoring. Miles. <laughs> it's like, hey bro, you wanna play some COD? Like I love good. that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um let's see. Kevin, there's, can you scroll, scroll? there's some more here. Oh, actually, there's, there's another one. Uh, Street Shadow says, "What are the thoughts on Starfield bugs versus Spider-Man Two versus Cyberpunk? I can accept uh, Spider-Man and Starfield bugs, but Cyberpunk launch was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's Cyberpunk was terrible. I mean, yeah. Cyberpunk's bugs were so bad that PlayStation took it off its store. Cool. Period. That's mm -hmm. that's the end of that conversation, right? Starfield's. I don't know. What do you? I mean, for me, Starfield? Starfield was like." It was janky enough where like I brought it up in the review, right? Where it's like, like it for me, it was the Bethesda levels of jank and bugs. Granted, like less bugs than um I feel like they usually launch with, but still bugs there that it's like, well, I'm gonna talk about this. Um, but like it's not, it's one of those ones where what do you deem acceptable to launch? Like, I think Starfield is acceptable to launch. I'm gonna like comment on these things, I'm gonna have beef with it or whatever, but it's not like a, oh, you release this game and it's a fucking like it's a scam like it's like oh this is beyond the level of me paying money for it right like i think cyberpunk if you bought cyberpunk on playstation 4 you are li liable for like legal action right like i think that is the level of bugs you're getting in cyberpunk where it's oh this is fucked up in starfield it's like cool it's a pathetic game like what do you expect like this is what you, this is par for the course in spider-man again i think spider-man out of all three of those has the least amount of bugs they're there but again like i think it is the average amount of triple a bugs that you're seeing in a video game so that's kind of how I, I, I rank them um uh, tiki says finally a post show have you guys tried out those candles you promoted last week i'd love to hear your thoughts before i spend the money yeah i had a whole bunch over at my desk Maybe i've been smelling. waiting on them are they here uh well they, they should be some yours should be sent to your house oh it's my house yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Then i need to check my yeah mind. but uh um yeah i got they smell real good heck yeah i'm excited for that um viking in chat says blessing you should try undernight in birth uh to sell when it comes out a ridiculous name for a quality fighting game uh, that finally gets rollback i played the previous undernight in birth um back in like 2020 and i enjoyed it um i think with a new one coming out i there's more of a chance that i might stick with this but the thing is i believe undernight in birth 2 isn't that coming out around the same time as like a tekken 8 mm. because if i'm choosing between the two i'm choosing tekken 8 i'm sorry uh viking uh sent super two blank super chats thank you for that uh shay slay says are you still playing honkai no so okay undernight in birth 2 comes out january Jinglu 25th rocks. which is around tekken 8 um honkai it's it's tough because i started it immediately was like oh this, this feels and looks and like has like a lot of Genshinisms to it, right? Like the difference being the combat and the setting. Um, the combat's cool. The combat actually reminds me a bit of like a Persona 5 in terms of like its flow and stuff, which is really cool. But there's not really enough there in terms of like world building and story to get me in immediately. And then I got Mario Wonder and that's taking up all my time right now. And so, and I'm gonna beat Mario Wonder and probably like what Alan Wake is coming out soon. And so I'll probably start focusing in on Alan Wake. And so we'll see. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get back to Honkai, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Uh, Nick writes in with the final super chat of the day saying, should people vote Baldur's Gate 3 game of the year if they never beat it? Game of the year is a made up concept. So yeah. it really depends on the outlet and who, what the uh, qualifications are for the voting and how all of it works. Here are kind of funny. It's whatever we all want it to be. Mm-hmm. If I want to vote my game of the year to be freaking Burger like, King Sneak King, yeah, I could snack. do that. But and my my thing is, I put in more time into Baldur's Gate three than Spider Man, right? Like Baldur's Gate three is, I probably put in more time than like half the games on my game of the year list, and so and I've had a lot of fun with it, like a lot of fun with Baldur's Gate three. And also, it's like a hundred hour game, like you know, in a fall that is packed to the brim with games. If you're if the requirement is hey, in order to support something or in order to say like, hey, I think this is one of the best things out there. If the requirement is to beat it, guess what? Baldur's Gate 3 isn't making it any conversation in outlets because most people at most outlets probably haven't beat Baldur's Gate 3 because that's just a demanding amount of hours, um, especially when you have to like keep up with everything else. And so for me, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be on my game of the year list because I put in at this point probably like 30 hours into it. Um, now am I still in Act 1? Yes, I am. <laughs> but I'm enjoying Act 1 like a lot. Um, and so, and also I'm getting my ass kicked in the Underdark, y'all. Yeah. There's again, a beast down there. It's all about the context. You, we're going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. like we're going to hide it's not something like we're hiding from anybody. So, um, and also I trust that Baldur's Gate 3 continues to be quality just based on how everybody else is talking about it. Like I've heard other people talk about it. I know it apparently gets buggy in the last act. I'm aware. I still like it. <laughs> I still, I, I'm, still, I'm still putting it up there. Well, that's it. That's been our post show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, we got a fun stream plan today. I'm pretty sure the plan is Nick Scarpino playing Ghost Runner 2. Oh. Which, if y'all are not familiar with Ghost Runner 2, check this stream out. This game rocks. Are you playing it? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It oh, is yeah. so fun. I'm not, it, I'm not entirely sure that's what's going on, but we will see when we get there. Well, you, know? you should check it out in case <laughs> it is. And if not, I'm sure it's going to be fun. Reviews otherwise. are out right now. So go check out the, ball, the uh, Ghost Runner 2 reviews. Yeah. Uh, just such a sick game. Oh, yeah, of course. Until next time. I've been blessing. That's been Tim. It's been our pleasure to serve you.